Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm Campbell Klein, joined by my co-hosts, Andrew Lubliner, Dean McCollum, and Tyler Fertel. And this week, we have a part two podcast to our uh, free agency podcast. And this week, we have the Western Conference. So the first team we're going to be discussing is the Dallas Mavericks. And in their free agency, they traded for Josh Richardson, James Johnson, and they re-signed, or sorry, excuse me, they signed Wes Iwandu, and they signed Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, Dean, you want to start with the Mavericks and how do you think their offseason played out so far? Um, I think that the Dallas Mavericks, they had an okay offseason trading for Josh Richardson. They traded away Seth Curry, but I think it was an important trade for them because Richardson, uh, Richardson provides more defense. He can still shoot the three, uh, uh, and a lot of their system offensively is revolved around the three-point shot. So I really like that pickup because they needed a lot more defense, and that's what Josh Richardson does. He's a really good 3 and D player. Um, I like the Wes Wandu pick. Uh, he didn't really do much on the Magic last season, but he still has potential 3 and D wing. And Willie Cauley-Stein to play that uh, backup center. That's all I have to say about the Mavericks. All right, yeah. Um, I think the Mavericks, they got what they needed. Um, if you look at the problems with their teams, uh, it's mainly their defense. And they were the uh, highest in terms of like net uh, uh, offensive rating. The Mavericks had the highest by far uh, in the NBA. They had the best offense in the NBA, um, mainly because of Luka Doncic. But they had so many shooters and they made a ton of threes. But the problem is they also gave up a ton of points. Um, They weren't good defensively. That's ultimately why they couldn't beat the Clippers. Although they gave them a good run in that six game first round series. They just had no one to stop Kawhi or or PG. who I know he had a bad playoffs, but he had a couple decent games in that series. Um, but Josh Richardson, he's a really good defender. Um, he, I mean, he's obviously not the shooter that um, Seth Curry is, and Seth Curry's definitely his shooting is very valuable. He's like a career forty-four percent three-point shooter, I think. But um, Josh Richardson definitely uh, helps one of their biggest needs, which is team defense. So yeah, I think the Mavericks' top priority this offseason was getting back Kristaps Porzingis towards the beginning of the season. Porzingis left the bubble early last year with a torn meniscus, so he'll be out to start the front of the season. But I think that they just want to keep Doncic healthy, who's going to be an MVP candidate this upcoming year, and trying to get Porzingis uh, back as soon as possible. They traded for Josh Richardson, like you said, who was a great defender. They did get rid of Seth Curry, who's a really good three-point shooter to the 76ers. But, I mean, if Josh Richardson can shoot the three-ball well – or kind of well, I think he'll be important. And Luca's going to be an MVP candidate, like I said before. So he's going to be very valuable to this roster. Now we'll move on to our second team in the West, the Denver Nuggets. They did not have a super eventful free agency. They lost a few players. Some might argue their team got worse. But uh, they did acquire Jamichael Green from the Clippers. I don't know if anyone wants to talk about this. Oh, Dean, Dean, go ahead. I really don't agree with what the Denver front office did this offseason. They lost Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, who played some backup center minutes when Jokic was tired. They lost a 3 and D wing, Torrey Craig, who came off the bench, and they lost a few other uh, pieces. I really don't like what they did because they basically replaced Jeremy Grant with um, uh, Jermichael Green, who's definitely not as good as Jeremy Grant, who had an amazing uh, bubble. And then uh, I mean, you could say that they are going to have Bull Bull healthy next season. He's going to be on the uh, top 10 for their roster. He'll be playing uh, rotational minutes in the regular season, but I still don't like the moves that 
Denver really made because they got worse and they just made the Western Conference Finals and they're probably not going to be able to do it again by getting worse. So I don't really agree with what Denver did this offseason. Yeah, Dean, I'm going to agree with you here. I think the biggest storyline for this team is losing Jeremy Grant. Like you said, he played really well in the bubble and I guess this opens a spot up for Michael Porter Jr. to get a bigger role with this team. I think that he's definitely going to be good next year and get better. Uh, but, and you, like you said, with the loss of Mason Plumley, Bull Bull is going to be their backup center from now on. But I think Jeremy Grant is an up-and-coming player. I think he's definitely going to improve on that Pistons team. He's going to be arguably, arguably their best player. So I don't like that they didn't keep him. I mean, I think they offered him the same contract as the Pistons did, but he chose to go to the Pistons, which fascinates me why he did that because the Nuggets are a way better team than the Pistons. But I think that they should have tried to keep Jeremy Grant because I think he is going to be a potential maybe all-star player if he continues to improve, but he could have been their starting power forward this year or played small forward alongside uh, MPJ. So I don't like that they didn't keep him, but you know what it is. I agree with you, Tyler. I think that the um, the Nuggets probably should have pursued him a little harder. Uh, as you said, they offered him the same deal. But the problem was, I mean, if if you're thinking of the Nuggets, the Nuggets have a guy, Michael Porter Jr., who is has way more potential than Jeremy Grant. Jeremy, Jeremy Grant's ceiling is probably an all-star, but Michael Jordan, I mean, Michael Porter Jr.'s ceiling is probably like, a five-time all-star like Michael Porter Jr. He has so much potential. He was the number one player coming out of high school. People were comparing him to guys like Kevin Durant when he was coming out of high school. He's ridiculous. Um, so I think that the Nuggets, yes, Jeremy Grant was a vital part, but now that just creates a bigger role for Michael Porter Jr. And I think that a big three between him, Jokic, and Murray can definitely win a championship uh in the in the future so i think that if michael porter uh jr develops uh into an all-star that that team is definitely gonna win a championship so it definitely hurts for the short term but for the long term i think it's fine for the nuggets yeah i agree with you andrew i think mpj is gonna take uh, a much bigger role this year for this nuggets team he's gonna be the starting power forward i think he's a chance to become the most improved player of the 2020 2021 season so like you said he has a lot of potential and he's gonna be a great player for this nuggets Okay, now we'll move on to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, obviously, this was a pretty disappointing offseason for the uh, Warriors after Clay Thompson tore his, I forget if it was ACL or Achilles, but either way, a season-ending injury. Uh, but after that, they did trade for Kelly Oubre Jr., and they signed Brad Wanamaker and Kent Bazemore. So in my opinion, just for like the Warriors season, I think they're going to need an MVP caliber season out of Steph Curry to give them a finals chance. But uh, obviously it's crushing for them to lose their number two piece, uh, Clay Thompson. So Tyler, you want to start with the Warriors? Yeah, obviously, like you said, losing Clay Thompson, their starting shooting guard, half of the Splash Bros, that is a very tough blow for them. I mean, him and Steph Curry were supposed to be the duo that they were a couple of years ago when they made repeated championship runs. So losing him is definitely a big blow for this Warriors team. But I think, like you said, Steph Curry is going to have to play very well for, in my opinion, for even the Warriors to make the playoffs. I mean, this Western conference is really good this year. It's not a guarantee that they make the playoffs, but I think the additions of James Wiseman through the draft and Kelly Oubre through trade, I think that those additions will definitely help their chances 
But I also think that Andrew Wiggins is going to need to step up and become that second playmaker that they need because he wasn't that last year. He didn't play good enough last year for them to even, I mean, they were terrible last year. I mean, there's nothing really say they were the, they had the second overall pick in the draft, but Andrew Wiggins is going to need to step up and become that second playmaker on the team if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with uh, what you said, Tyler. The Warriors really need to count on Andrew Wiggins um, to be sort of the same player he was coming out of high school because he was top recruit out of high school, number one overall pick. And uh, the Warriors really need him to have a big season. Also, uh, trading for Kelly Oubre, uh, I like the move. Kelly Oubre still has potential. Um, he's a relentless finisher, and he brings a lot of energy. Uh, he'll bring a lot of energy to the Warriors team because they were very boring to watch last year. And uh, they brought in... Uh, just bench players because their bench depth with, was horrible last year and Brad Wanamaker to back up Curry and uh, Kent Bazemore to play probably backup shooting guard or small forward. Um, I also think the Warriors, if they want to have a real shot at uh, doing something in the playoffs, are going to really need a big season out of James Wiseman. I know this isn't a draft podcast, but I just want to put that out there. James Wiseman is going to have to have a great season in order for the Warriors to uh, contend for a championship. I would like to make that same point Dean made. The Warriors. Um, yeah, James Wiseman is going to have to be a big role for them. I think that also Draymond Green is going to have to step up a lot. He's going to have to carry a lot of the scoring load that Clay carries. And obviously, I think the only way the Warriors actually can make a deep run into the playoffs is if they can get really good continuity between all the new players they brought in because it's not that same Warriors dynasty roster. There's a lot of new guys. So we'll see how Steve Kerr can manage that. But also, Steph Curry has to play at an MVP level. They're going to need him to be the best version of himself, his unanimous MVP self. And if that happens, I think the Warriors are definitely a scary team. Um, I'm excited to see how Wiseman plays. Uh, I mean, if he is what he looks like in high school and college, then he's going to be a great NBA center, but it doesn't always translate. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and adding one more thing. We didn't talk about this player, but he was also a very important part of their championship runs. Draymond Green. I mean, that guy used to be an all-star two, three years ago, and he took a terrible drop-off last year. I mean, he used to play way better than he did last year if the Warriors want to make the playoffs, let alone make a finals run. So Draymond Green has to play like a top power forward like he used to because he did he did not play like a starting power forward last year. So he has to play better this year. All right, now we'll move on to the Houston Rockets. Uh They've had a fairly eventful uh, offseason so far, and I think most of us probably suspect it's about to get even more eventful in a, in a little bit. Who knows when? But uh, first of all, they traded for John Wall and got rid of Russell Westbrook, and they signed or yeah, they signed Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, and DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, but I think the most interesting storyline of this uh, Rockets free agency is just what's happening with James Harden. For the first few days of practice, he wasn't showing up. He said he would go to this training session with some trainer. He didn't show up to that. He's adding team. He he is half of half of the league on his trade possibilities. He just I think he wants out of Houston, and I don't know when that's going to be. But uh, Andrew, you want to start with the Rockets? Yeah, I think Christian Wood's a very underrated pickup. I think he actually has a, a lot of potential. Um, yeah, James Harden, he wants out of Houston. He's pretty much he's pretty much demanded a trade without actually saying like the words I demand a trade. He's just he's trying to get himself out of there. And the thing is, they um 
the, the Rockets are being very stubborn. They're not, they've already came out and said they're not going to, um, they're not going to give up James Harden just for a few draft picks and a couple role players. Like they want some really valuable assets. They want all NBA or all star type player. Not many teams have that to give up because Harden's contract is, uh, he's a big contract. It's one of the biggest in the NBA. So it's really hard to take that on. Um, I also think John Wall, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if he can come back and be the same player that he was in in, uh, Washington. Yeah, I think it's obvious that the Rockets have abandoned small ball. They got rid of Russell Westbrook and traded for John Wall. They signed two big men in Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins, who I think can be a pretty good front court this upcoming year. And they still have James Harden. I don't know if they're going to keep him, but I saw something today that said that the best possibility for him to get traded in the to the team is the Philadelphia 76ers. But I'm not sure that's possible because the, uh, the Sixers already said they're not willing to give up Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. So I'm not sure if James Harden's going to get traded. If he doesn't, they still got a pretty good team in John Wall, James Harden, Christian Wood, P.J. Tucker, and Demarcus Cousins. So that doesn't seem like that bad of a starting lineup. If John Wall can play like he used to and be one of the best point guards in the league, there will be a playoff team once again. And it's going to be interesting to see how Westbrook does in uh, Washington. Uh, yeah, the Houston Rockets had a very eventful offseason, like you guys just explained. Um, they did lose Robert Covington, uh, and then they ended up, I believe, trading the pick that they got for Covington uh, to, I believe, Detroit. Or uh, So... That's that. Uh, Christian Wood, great pickup. He's sort of the same player as Jeremy Grant, but he provides more shooting, spacing the floor. And Boogie, they're really betting on Boogie and uh, John Wall to come back as they were last se- uh, a few seasons ago because John Wall, top four point guard, went healthy, and Boogie, top four center, went healthy uh, in his prime at least. So they're really banking on them to being solid pieces for them to um, make the playoffs. Uh, I think that's a goal for the Houston Rockets. So, yeah. Uh, they had a really eventful offseason, and we'll see if they trade James Harden anytime soon. Now we'll move on to the Los Angeles Clippers, who, uh, first of all, they traded for Luke Kennard, and they signed Sergi Baca, Nicholas Batum, and Reggie Jackson. Uh, we'll get to the some of the people they lost in free agency later, but uh, overall, I think the Sergi Baca signing really saved this Clippers team because after they lost... Montrez Harrell, which we'll talk about later. They were looking really broken down, but Serge Ibaka is a really big signing for them. He has championship uh, DNA with that championship in uh, Toronto. He knows how to play with Kawhi, so I definitely think the Clippers saved themselves with that pickup. They're still not the Lakers, but uh, they kept themselves in the conversation for sure. So, uh, Dean, you want to start with the Clippers here? Um, sure. I'll start with the Clippers. So, uh, they traded for Luke Kennard. Uh, it was a three team trade. They lost Landry Shamit in the trade, but, uh, I do think that I would rather have Luke Kennard than Landry Shamit. Uh, and then, like you said, uh, they picked up Nicholas Batum who could, uh, play some bench minutes for them. And then Sergi Baca really saved them because they lost Montrez Hale to everyone's favorite team here, except Andrews, the Lakers. So Sergi Baca, uh, he's a great shot blocker as everyone knows, uh, his nickname was Ablakia, and okay, see, I think that's how you call it, but uh, he has championship DNA. He won with the Raptors uh, in 2019, so it'll be really interesting to fit 
because he can also shoot the three ball. So uh, we'll just have to see how the fit is uh, when the season starts back up. Yeah, I think we're Lakers fans. Me, Dean, and or yeah, Dean Campbell and I are all Lakers fans. So we're obviously thrilled about Montrezl Harrell signing for the Lakers, but. Obviously, that was terrible for the Clippers. They kind of saved it with the Serge Ibaka signing. And it was kind of funny seeing what Kawhi texted Serge Ibaka to try to get him the Clippers. He said, you coming or not? Very good uh, persuasion by Kawhi. I mean, I'm obviously being sarcastic. I'm surprised that Serge Ibaka actually came to the Clippers with that type of uh, talk. But that's something else. But I think that... The addition of Luke Kennard, I think that could potentially be pretty interesting. I mean, he has a little bit of potential. He wasn't bad on the Pistons. So getting rid of Landry Shamit, who was, I think they're, he, he's a point guard, shooting guard type of player for them. He hit a couple of threes. He played well against the Lakers one of the games. But I think both of those are just like, okay, that happened. Uh, but like, yeah, I think Serge Ibaka kind of saved them in a way. Because if they lost, because they lost Montrezl Hill, if they didn't get another backup center, behind Avisha Zubak, that would have been terrible for them. You guys did mention the uh, the losses of the Clippers. Um, how I mean, they're very detrimental losses. Montrezl Hale was a huge part of that team, but they did resign Morris, which is really good for them. Jermichael Green, I think that like that's not going to make a big difference. I think that Serge Ibaka is just as valuable, if not better, than Montrezl Harrell. And the reason why I think that is because um, if you look at Montrezl Harrell playing the bubble, I know that he was in a a very bad um, situation, you know, with uh, his grandmother passing away and coming to the bubble late. He never really got in a rhythm. So I assume he's going to be much better for this upcoming season. Um, my only question mark is that he is an undersized big. Uh, the Clippers, when when they would use him on the when they were using him on the floor, he was getting annihilated by Porzingis while he was healthy in that series. Jokic, Jeremy Grant, when he had to switch on to him, he couldn't stop Michael Porter Jr. So um, I think that uh, the Lakers they'll probably uh, take that into account and they'll probably use him in a more efficient way. And I think that uh, um, Serge Ibaka definitely fits on the Clippers team. Obviously he has a great connection to Kawhi and um, he's a big man that can shoot and space the floor. And he's also six eleven, So he actually poses a challenge to the, to uh, big men such as Jokic and Porzingis in AD, not saying he can stop any of those guys. I'm just saying a six eleven center has a better chance than a six, seven center. Um, so that's why I think that Sergi Baca is a really good pickup for the Clippers. Well, we sort of started getting into our next team right there but now we'll move on to the los angeles lakers who had an eventful free agency so let me walk you through it first in free agency the lakers signed montrez harrell wesley matthews mark gasol we re or excuse me the lakers signed markeith re-signed markeith morris re-signed jared dudley re-signed the best adentacumpo brother costas and uh re-signed anthony davis most importantly the Lakers also traded for Dennis Schroeder. So uh, obviously a really big offseason for the Lakers. I think most NBA fans would agree the Lakers of the t- contending teams definitely got the most better. Uh, obviously stole Montrez Harrell from the Clippers as we were just talking about there. And Andrew sort of played devil's advocate highlighting some of the flaws of that. But overall, obviously Montrez Harrell is coming off a six man of the year award. He's a great basketball player. He's going to help this team. 
Uh, Wesley Matthews, a great shooter. Uh, but I'll let you guys sort of go through uh, the rest of the Lakers free agency moves. So I'll go to Tyler. Yeah, I'm going to first go over the signings of Marcus Saul and Montrez Harrell. I think Marcus Saul will start, but I think that Montrez Harrell will come in and have a big role for this Lakers team. I'm very happy about the signing as a Laker fan, not only stealing him from the Clippers, but getting a great backup center, the sixth man of the year, and also getting the sixth man runner up in Dennis Schroeder. But I think that we all know that we would rather have Marcus Saul and Montrez Harrell as our two big centers on our team, rather than Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. The Lakers did a great job upgrading their centers this year, and I think that was a very big part of their free agency. The Lakers also traded for Dennis Schroeder for Danny Green and their first-round draft pick this year, their 27th overall pick. I think the one flaw that we can say for the Lakers last year was not having a firm starting point guard. And I think they get it here with the sixth man runner up and Dennis Schroeder. He's a great scorer, a pretty good passer, and he's the perfect playmaker to compliment AD and LeBron. The Lakers did all that we needed to in free agency this year. We also, or the Lakers also signed Wesley Matthews, who's a very similar player to Danny Green for, I think it was one fourth or one fifth of the price that we got Danny Green for. So Overall, just a great offseason for the Lakers. Let's go and repeat. Yeah, this is my totally non-biased opinion. I think that the Lakers by far had the best offseason out of any NBA team. I mean, I mean, the NBA champions just got a lot better. Um, Montrose Harrell, um, he's, uh, he's going to be replacing uh, the role of Dwight Howard since mostly in the regular season he came off the bench behind JaVale McGee. And then they brought in Marcus Saul, who will probably start because, like Andrew said, the flaws of uh, there are some flaws to having Montrezl Harrell on your team because he's an undersized big. Uh, so Marcus Saul, um, he can space the floor, and he's very tall too. Uh, he'll get a lot of boards. He'll help AD on that side of the ball. And then bringing in Wesley Matthews, who's arguably an upgrade over Danny Green, uh, and we saved a lot more cap space signing him. Like Tyler said, we got him for about one fifth of the price that we did get Danny Green la- that that the Lakers got Danny Green last season. And uh, the Lakers re-signed Markeith Morris. He was a huge. Uh, he had a huge role in that finals run, uh, especially in in the finals series uh, versus the Heat. Although he might get clowned a lot for having that one very bad pass uh, that uh, lost the Lakers one of their games in that series. Uh, still a huge, uh, huge uh, reason why that the Lakers won that series. And then bringing in Dennis Schroeder, I mean, runner-up to Sixth Man of the Year. Montrose Harrell won the Sixth Man of the Year award, and uh, the Lakers brought in uh, the runner-up to the award. And I personally think that Dennis Schroeder's better at what he does than what Montrose Harrell does, but um, uh, he's going to be a great uh, piece alongside LeBron. He's going to help him a lot. Uh, and then I actually have uh, an underrated pickup. Alfonso McKinney, they traded him in the JaVale McGee trade. He could provide some uh, uh, three-point shooting and some defense off the bench for the Lakers deep into the rotation. Maybe he'll play a little under 10 minutes a game, maybe. And uh, he could be a valuable asset because uh, he was on some of the Warriors championship teams and he uh, played some minutes and he played good defense and shot the three ball well. So uh, I like that pickup too, even though it's a smaller one. And I think another really important thing that the Lakers did this offseason was re-signing Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He guarded the best guards that they played against in the bubble, and I think that he's going to be very important this upcoming season, too, alongside Dennis Schroeder. He might start uh, with Dennis Schroeder or maybe Wesley Matthews will to make up the backcourt. So I think that having KCP and Wesley Matthews both on our team this year is 
very important. So uh, the Grizzlies really did not have an eventful free agency. Uh, so we're going to move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves who traded for Ricky Rubio and uh, signed Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, Andrew, you want to talk about the Timberwolves offseason? Um, I think um, actually uh, the Ricky Rubio trade it's a little uh, underrated move. He could be a nice mentor for D'Angelo Russell and help him become a better passer because D'Lo, he's a great scorer, but I think that if he can learn how to get the other players involved, especially Cat in the pick-and-roll game because Ricky Rubio is a great pick-and-roll. Um, uh, he's a great pick-and-roll guy on offense, so I think if they can, if he can teach him some things, they're going to be good. Um, they didn't do much free agency. Their main offseason move was drafting Anthony Edwards with the first overall pick. Um I'm really excited to see Anthony Edwards play. If he can turn out to be what scouts think that he has the potential to be, that big three could be scary in the future. So I'm just more excited to see Anthony Edwards play. Yeah, I agree with you, Andrew. I think that they really just traded for Ricky Rubio for him to be a mentor for D'Angelo Russell. Rubio returns to Minnesota where he was in his early years of his career. So I think that's a cool storyline. But I think the major headline for the Timberwolves this offseason is going to be Anthony Edwards. Like you said, he's going to compliment D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, who is arguably the best center in the league really well. So, yeah. Yeah, I really like the Ricky Rubio pickup. I agree with all of you guys. It was a great pickup because he's going to be able to teach D'Angelo Russell a lot of things because he did actually have an underrated season for the Phoenix Suns last year and he had a great season for the Jazz the year before uh, he had a big role in that team um, I do think that this year is sort of a bridge year for the Timberwolves I don't expect them to make the playoffs uh, at all this year based on how stacked the West is um, but uh, I think that if they can get their chemistry right if uh, Anthony Edwards uh, plays well as rookie year and then uh, Jaden McDaniels who they drafted later in the first round turns into maybe something uh, who could play alongside Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, he could be in the front court with him. Then they could definitely make a playoff push next year. So I think this is a bridge year. They have nothing to lose this year. Uh, maybe being worse would be better, uh, which would translate to a better draft pick. So we'll just see, but uh, I do expect uh, Rubio to have a big role on the team and them not to not making the playoffs. Okay, now we'll move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. This offseason, the Pelicans traded for Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, and they signed Willie Hernan Gomez, Wenyan Gabriel, Sindarius Thornwell, and Brandon Ingram. Uh, Tyler, you want to talk about the Pelicans offseason so far? Yeah, I think that the biggest storylines for this Pelicans team is not only re-signing Brandon Ingram, who was an all-star last year, but also adding some experience with Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams through trades. I think Eric Bledsoe is going to be their backup point guard. He could arguably start for them if Lonzo isn't as good as they would like, but I think Steven Adams is a good signing for him. I think he's going to be their starting center alongside Zion, Brandon Ingram, and more. I think that they're a young team and adding this kind of experience could potentially have them make the playoffs because I think when Gabriel has some potential. He was pretty good on the Blazers. He went to Kentucky. I remember when he uh, was playing for Kentucky and I, I was watching him. He was a pretty good all-around player. So I think that he can be a, the backup power forward behind Zion and maybe get some good minutes. So I think this team arguably did get better during uh, this offseason. They did trade away Drew Holiday when getting Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. But 
you know what? I think they'll take it. I think he wanted out either way. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the Pelicans just say the same. I think they're eager to make a playoff push uh, for this upcoming season. And I, I like some of their pickups. Steven Adams, they uh, were able to trade for him. Then they re-signed him to a sort of long-term deal. Uh, and he's going to teach Jackson Hayes, who's, who was their rookie center they drafted in the lottery last year. He's going to teach him a lot because Steven Adams has a lot of experience. And, uh, yeah, he'll teach uh, Jackson Hayes a lot. He'll definitely benefit from that. Willie Hernan Gomez and Wenyan Gabriel coming off the bench. He might have to fight for those uh, backup power forward minutes, but uh, who knows? And then Eric Bledsoe. Uh, maybe they could find a situation where maybe Bledsoe starts at the two and Lonzo starts at the one. I don't really know how uh, they're going to run things in New Orleans next year, but it'll be interesting to see their totally new team and how they mesh. Yeah, um, I think the Pelicans are a very interesting team going into next season. I think that they can make a playoff push. Uh, I would predict them to make at least the play-in, be a top-10 team. And I think the only way that happens is if Zion Williamson plays like Zion Williamson. I mean, the Pelicans kind of, like, they did not let him play loose last year. I mean, they, they had minute restrictions on him for the majority of his games. He only played about 20 games. So I just, I'm very excited to see Giannis play as the fan in me, but also if he can be what he is hyped up to be, then the Pelicans will be a playoff team because Brandon Ingram is probably going to average 25 points again, like he did last year um, because he's going to have to score even more with losing Drew Holiday. I think Steven Adams is a great pickup for them because um, the Pelicans were a really bad uh, rebounding team. I remember last year because Zion would play power forward and he's only like six, 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 seven. So they would have trouble rebounding and Brandon Ingram. He's not the biggest guy. So even though he's like, I think six, eight or six, nine, he can't really box any bigs out. So Steven Adams will help out a lot there. And I'm just really excited to see Zion play. And I just hope that he lives up to the hype. And I think that that Pelicans team could be uh, definitely a playoff team this season. Uh, now we'll move on to the Oklahoma city thunder. Uh, as most NBA fans know, the Thunder are moving into a rebuild. They traded away Chris Paul. Every single trade they made this offseason resulted in them picking up another first or second round pick or multiple of them. Uh, so, yeah, they're moving into a rebuild. Uh, so there's not much to talk about there. Now we will move on to the Phoenix Suns, who actually acquired Chris Paul from the Oklahoma City Thunder. They also signed Jay Crowder and Dario Saric on a re-sign. Uh, obviously, the main thing this offseason for uh, the Suns was getting Chris Paul. They're trying to make a playoff push this year, and after going Aiden on the bubble, their team's looking better and better. DeAndre Aiden's only getting better. Devin Booker's only getting better. Their young core is just going to continue growing, and Chris Paul's really going to complement that super well, so I'm excited to see this Thunder team. Uh, Dean, you want to expand on this? Um, yeah, obviously Chris Paul is going to be amazing for the Suns next season. They really, they really wanted uh, Devin Booker, or they really needed him uh, to stay in Phoenix and be that franchise player because there are so many questions and rumors about him maybe wanting out. And uh, this was maybe their way of persuading uh, uh, Devin Booker. Here, we're going to bring in an all-star caliber point guard from last season, Chris Paul. Um, he's one of the best basketball minds we've ever seen, and he's going to really help you 
and DeAndre Ayton, who Chris Paul just makes every single center around him better. He need DeAndre Jordan, an all NBA player and an all star. Dwight Howard flourished off of playing with Chris Paul. And now the former number one overall pick in the 2018 draft is definitely going to have a great season because he's playing with one of the best passing guards of all time. So uh, Phoenix Suns, I really think that uh, they'll be a six to eight seed in the playoffs uh, since the West is really good. But uh, I think they'll definitely make the playoffs and all their young talents only getting better. So I really like what they did uh, this offseason. Yeah, I think Chris Paul is a very good signing for the Suns team. Add some experience, add some good playmaking, add some great passing to complement Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I think that both Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton will have career-high seasons in points, rebounds, and I just think for Devin Booker, I think he could even have a career-high in assists. That might sound crazy with Chris Paul and his team, but... He he's gonna have the opportunity to play make for some other people too. Now that he's not the only person on the court anymore, so this is a great uh, uh, this is a great trade for the Suns. I think that it was a win win for both sides. They both got what they wanted. Chris Paul was obviously not gonna stay in Oklahoma City for the long run, and the Suns got a player that they need to become a playoff team. So. The Suns did a good job this offseason keeping Dario Saric, uh, getting. Uh, Jay Crowder and trading for a top point guard in the league in Chris Paul. Yeah, I think the Suns are a big threat in the West now. I think that they're a very tough first round uh, matchup uh, if they're a low seed uh, for a top team because Chris Paul has great experience. Um, you see what he did with that Thunder team. This Suns team is way more talented than that Thunder team. So I think that they can definitely be around a five seed in the West for the playoffs. Okay, now we'll move on to the Portland Trail Blazers. This offseason, they traded for Robert Covington and Ennis Cantor, and they signed Derek Jones Jr. As Tyler would say, he participated. Did he win? He won the dunk, dunk contest last year, so he has to be a good player. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, Drew, you want to talk about uh, the Trail Blazers offseason? Yeah, I think that Robert Covington is going to be a big part of their success, and he's going to help him a lot. I expect him to start. He was really good for the Rockets, and he can definitely play a key role for them. Um, I think resigning Melo, I mean, he averaged 15 last year for them, and he's a great leader, so that's a good pickup for them. And they resigned Rodney Hood, who um, they weren't sure if they wouldn't get him back, but they got him back. He's definitely a, a good backup guard. So, I mean, I feel like the Blazers, they got a little better. No major changes. They still got uh, Dame, CJ, and Yusuf Nurkic, but I think if those three guys can stay healthy for the full season. They are 100% going to be a playoff team and they're a tough first round matchup for anyone uh, when they're full, when they're fully healthy. Um, I don't think they will be a top four team. Uh, I think that's probably where they cap out like around like the five or six seed, but I think they're hundred percent a playoff team for next year. Yeah. I think that Robert Covington is going to be a good signing for the trailblazers. He'll play behind the player that they re-signed and Andrew's favorite player, Carmelo Anthony, they also signed Ennis Cantor, who I think is going to be a good signing behind Yusuf Nurkic as they lost Hassan Whiteside. And Derek Jones Jr. is going to be a good player for them coming off of a scary injury with the heat that he eventually came back from in the bubble. But uh, he's a pretty good player. He's uh, I think he can get better. And if I think he plays shooting guard small forward, so I think he'll probably get some pretty good minutes on that team. Okay, uh, the final teams in the West – the Spurs, the Jazz, and uh, 
yeah, they don't have much to say for those teams. They did not have an eventful free agency. This final team didn't have an eventful free agency either, but it's slightly slightly more eventful than those two teams I just named. The Sacramento Kings signed uh, Hassan Whiteside. Uh, does Tyler, do you want to say something about this signing? So, yeah, the Sacramento Kings signed Hassan Whiteside, who they drafted in 2010. Hassan Whiteside was one of the best centers in the league when he was on the Heat a couple of years ago. But since then, in his final years on the Heat and then on the Blazers, he has not been as good. On the Blazers last season, he started for them in the regular season. But when they got into the bubble, he played behind Yusuf Nurkic. So I think he has the chance to start again on the Kings. He's going to play alongside De'Aaron Fox, who's a great passer. Who He's going to have a lot of chances to get some big dunks a lot of rebounds, and I think he could be potentially a pretty good piece for this Kings. I don't know if they can make the playoffs, but, I mean, they'll have a chance. I'm mutual with this pickup from the Kings because uh, we still don't really know if Marvin Bagley's a center or power forward. He hasn't really decided on what position he plays. He wasn't very good last season. He was injured basically the entire season, and when he was on the court, he was mediocre. So maybe this is a sign that Marvin Bagley's ready to just stick to power forward and Hassan's going to play alongside him in the front court. So uh, Hassan hopefully can uh, maybe teach Marvin Bagley uh, some of his shot blocking skills as he's one of the best shot blockers in the league. So, yeah. Okay, now we will move on to the shot clock segment. As our loyal viewers know, uh, I will propose a question and the co-hosts will all, the co-hosts and myself will all give a response to that question in 24 seconds or less. So today's question is, which uh, signing or trade in the West was the best for a specific team? We'll start with Tyler on this one. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. Chris Paul is a very good player, and I think he's going to be a very good player for the Suns team too. He adds some experience, which they really need, and is going to complement Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton very well. He's not only a great passer, but a really good scorer and can get open shots for not only Devin Booker, but will get DeAndre Ayton the ball. I think that all three of these players will have the best seasons of maybe their careers. Chris Paul, I don't know about, but we'll see. Uh, now we'll move on to Dean. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. So for my best uh, signing or trade in the offseason, I'm going to go with the Lakers signing or trading for Dennis Schroeder. They only had to trade the 27th pick, which I believe translated to Jaden McDaniels, who the Thunder ended up trading to the Timberwolves. Dennis Schroeder, the Lakers have always needed a point guard, and that was one of their flaws last season. Now they have the runner-up to six-man-of-the-year award. Dennis Schroeder, who averaged about 19 points last season for the Thunder, I can see him doing the exact same thing, but he's starting this year, so he's going to be great for the Lakers. Now we'll move on to Andrew. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Dennis Schroeder as the uh, best uh, offseason acquisition. I, I think that um, he was run up to six man. He's only getting better. He's in his prime right now. He's a great score, and he's going to be um, a really good pick-and-roll partner with AD, and he's going to take a lot of the scoring load off of LeBron and Anthony Davis. So, uh, I mean, between him and Montrez, that team's really good. And Dennis Schroeder also, he's a underrated defender, so he will be able to guard some of the good guards in the Western Conference. Campbell, it's your turn now. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. Uh, I hate to say this, but I think Serge Ibaka was the most important signing of this offseason. 
especially in the position the Clippers were in at that moment. After losing Montrez, which was crushing, they really needed a center to fill his his big man spot. And uh, I think they did a really good job getting Serge there. As I said earlier, he knows how to play in the postseason, and he's already been teammates with Kawhi, so uh, should be a good fit for the Clippers. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we should have another podcast out next Sunday. And uh, follow us on Twitter at AT Buzzer Podcast for more and the platform you're listening on today to never miss another podcast. And uh, we'll see you later.